Today we honor St. Matthew, who was both uh, an apostle as well as evangelist, two functions. The only other apostle evangelist was John, as we know that St. Luke and St. Mark were not apostles, but they heard the gospel from St. Paul or St. Peter, so especially St. Peter, because Mark was St. Peter's disciple, as well as St. Luke for a while, and, 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 and St. Paul's. So we have what is known as the apostolic faith. Apostolic faith, that means the, the teachings of Jesus came through his apostles, as, and as Matthew today is also the evangelist. Many people speak about the, the moment when Jesus called Matthew. We can say that, yes, when he looked upon John and Andrew, well, they were disciples of, of John the Baptist. They already were open to not only hearing this message of conversion, but, but it was John who pointed to, to them. He is the Lamb of God. He's the one who takes away the sins of the world. So we can see that John and Andrew, even though they were fishermen, and yet they were already exposed and open to the hearing of this, this proclamation of conversion, proclamation of the nearness of God you know, to, to the people of God, nearness of the messianic kingdom. So we can say that Peter, on the other hand, and, and others uh, were either fishermen or there were, you know, like James, who was zealots, wanted to, through revolution, remove the Roman authority from, from Palestine, from the Holy Land. But when Jesus approached Matthew, he was a very unlikely candidate. He was like worse of the worst. You know, because he was collecting taxes on behalf of the Romans, which was not proper for any of the Jew to do. He was exhorting, probably extorting taxes as well. Uh, he was, was not considered to be like totally unlike candidate. For Matthew, it would appear that he was not interested in Judaism, he was not interested in in, 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 the, in the proclamation made by, by Baptists, he was not interested. He was interested in his work and his interest in benefits that flowed from being such an such a employee of the Romans. But what happens here is the Lord walks to him and says, follow me. He looks at him first, gazes into him, and passes, as he passes, he gazes into his eyes. And so what, what takes place between that moment of an encounter between this tax collector uh, and Jesus himself? What did he experience? Many have written about that moment, the gaze, the look, the, the, the look in Jesus' eyes that touched and looked at, at, um, at Matthew, and he responded. He was willing to let go of everything, his, his work, his benefits, everything, and he follows. Not only that, but he invites his friends, too, to see Jesus. What happens to his friends, we do not know. Some of the tax collectors might have become followers of Jesus as well, we do not know. So 
what is that? And, and many have spoken on, on that look of our Lord into the eyes of anyone. If, the, if he looked into the eyes of a sinner and he called him, can he look into the eyes of each one of us, no matter what we are, who we are, where we have been, what we have done? Can he look into your eyes? Yes, he does. He looks into eyes with his mercy because this is what the gospel says, I desire mercy. I desire mercy, not just some, some activity uh, as part of sacrifice, worship, service, but to embrace mercy. Jesus, as we know from both the Gospels as well as from St. Faustina's diary, is mercy and love itself. There is no other. He's the one. And he is the one who looks upon everyone with a tender love and forgiving love. And he wants us to experience mercy and to proclaim and to live and to share this merciful love that God has bestowed upon us. In that look, Jesus forgave Matthew's sins because he came to proclaim not the kingdom of military kingdom, but the kingdom which is summarized by forgiveness of sins. God's love is so great that he forgives. He forgives any sin and all sins. And this is why today, if we look at this gospel, we cannot but be consoled. Yes, all of us are here because we love the Lord. We want to honor him. We want to receive the Eucharist. But there's many brothers and sisters that we need to proclaim this gospel just like Matthew did to summarize who this Jesus is. He's, he's our Lord. He's the one who's willing out of love to offer his life for us. He sees and notices human misery, human brokenness. He sees and touches with that grace of healing, with the grace of tender care. You know, the Gospel of Matthew speaks of what, the, what does the Lord wishes for us. He wants us to embrace his kingdom, embrace his kingdom of love, kingdom of mercy, kingdom of justice, but divine justice. He wants us to embrace the kingdom of that love that God has for us that we cannot grasp, we cannot understand. This is the invitation, the invitation which is for all of us. And this is why this gospel, this long gospel that St. Matthew wrote, he spoke of, remember the Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount. It began with what? Beatitudes. The kingdom of God is for those who are poor, poor in spirit, broken by, by the world around them. The kingdom of God is the one who experiences injustices, but also those who are meek, those who are merciful, those who, who are kind one another. Those are the, that's the kingdom. And this is what the invitation of the Lord is for us, the invitation to experience that kingdom. And then he goes and says, the kingdom of God is like this and that. And part of that kingdom is the Eucharist. Part of the kingdom is merciful forgiveness of sins, sacraments. Part of the kingdom is works of love, works of care. This is part of that God's kingdom. And we have been invited to be participants in that kingdom, which begins here on earth 
is manifested and offered through us through the church, and, then, and that the kingdom of God takes us right into eternity, where we live in the presence of God. This is why St. Paul today in that first leading says, I says, I urge you, I am a prisoner already. He was arrested, he's on the way to Rome to, 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 uh, to, uh, since he wanted to be judged by, by the Caesar, you know, sort of like imperial review of his case. I, as a prisoner for the Lord, I gave everything. I have lived my life in such a way where I gave up even my own, my own comfort now, and I'm as a prisoner. I urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. What is that call? Call to holiness called to be follower of Christ, called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, bearing the problems we have, the difficulties we have with one another. Sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult for us to walk this journey because of you know whatever it may be, but bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit through the bond of peace, because we're one body and we're one spirit and you're, you're called to one hope, hope of glory, hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one Baptist, one God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And it is by the grace that you have received, grace, freely given gift of faith, freely given gift of love. By grace you have been given, this grace has been given to you according to the measure of Christ's gift Christ wanted to give special things for us. And you know, we see our talents, abilities, whatever we have, God is, wants to multiply them and multiply so that we may really, really be on fire with, with, that, with that love that he has. And then finally St. Paul says, and he gave some, you know, the different graces he gave, some the gift to be an apostle, some to be prophet, some to be evangelists, others to be pastors, teachers, uh, to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body, the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the extent of the full stature of Christ, until we become truly transformed by God's wisdom, by, by, by law, God's love, through Jesus, his Son, to become like daughters, become daughters and sons of God. And finally, I would like to share something which Pope Francis said. He says, on this feast of St. Matthew, he received special gift of his vocation. And it's interesting how, how he speaks, because today, not only do we celebrate liturgically, but as you know, that in Liturgy of the Hours, we have usually commentaries on the, on the feast or commentaries on the gospel. And, and there's a commentary on this particular gospel by St. Bede, St. Bede, the Venerable Bede, going back to eighth century. And, uh, and, uh, and this is something interesting. This is a testimony of Pope Francis. A few years ago, it was on the Feast of Pentecost, and Pope Francis shared some of the memories of this pivotal event in his vocation history. This Pope Francis says, one day, in particular, was very important to me, September 21st, 1953. I was almost 17. It was Students' Day. For us, the first day of spring. For you, especially living in Europe and, and northern 
hemisphere the first day of autumn. Before going to the celebration, I passed through the parish I normally attended. I found a priest whom I did not know, and I felt the need to go to confession. For me, this was an experience of encounter, encounter with the Lord. I found that someone, by capital S, someone, was waiting for me. Yet, I do not know what happened. I can't remember. I do not know why that particular priest was there, whom I did not know, or why I felt this desire to confess, but the truth is that someone was waiting for me. He had been waiting for me for some time. After making my confession, I felt something that had changed. I was not the same. I had heard something like a voice or a call. I was convinced that I should become a priest. Pope Francis was called to be a priest so that he could continue that mission that was begun by St. Matthew. The mission of, of uh, proclamation of the kingdom of God. And this is why Saint, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, took from the Office of Readings, you know, from the Feast of St. Matthew, he took a quote in Latin and it became his uh, coat of arms. Miserando atque aligendo. St. Bede's words about the former tax collector that was fittingly also called to be to be an evangelist and, and, and Pope Francis as well. Miserando atque legendo, because he looked upon me with mercy, he chose me. This is what the Lord does for each one of us. He looks upon us with the eyes of that loving, merciful love and he chooses us, he calls us, calls us to whatever it may be, to be proclaimers by a witness in silence on the way we live. He's calling us to be a witness to that mercy of love by works of love, works of mercy. He calls us to be a witness to our spouses, to our children, or to our parents, whatever it may be, that is God who has called me because he was merciful to me, looked upon me with mercy. I have, I have experienced so many people who have gone from absolute misery, absolute despair, um, feeling that there's nothing and no one can help them. And I watched them walking the journey. Many of them I had the privilege in, to share and walk this journey. And I see what happens to them when they're being transformed, healed. You know, things that take place, you know, whether psychologically they're considered post-traumatic stress disorder, extreme, whatever it may be. Where people experience, uh, you know, eating disorders, whatever it may be, or, or addictions. And I watch what happens when they open their hearts to the Lord completely and fully, not just a little bit, because they're afraid at first. They're afraid. They want to open the door just a little bit, not much. And they are waiting to see if it works. But it made 
give a little moment of grace, but one has to open the heart completely in trust. I trust in you. I place my confidence in you. And watch what happens. Yes, the Lord, first of all, helps them to, to gain in their trust. It may take a year or two even to gain greater and greater trust, but the effects at the end, the smile of love, the, the feeling of love, being loved by God, being loved by him, no matter what happened to them before, that they're loved. Not only they are loved, but that the Lord cares for them. He wants them to experience that love. He wants to, them to experience a healing. And then it takes place not only through acceptance, but through the sacraments, through adoration, through prayer, because that's when we enter in that communion. It's not saying just yes, but trying to, you know, open our hearts to the Lord. That look of love is there, but the look of love carries us all the way to, to the communion, that communion of love, experiencing the divine. And this is why we gather for the Eucharist. We gather to hear his word. We gather to witness the, the conversion of St. Matthew, the big sinner, the, the publican, the tax collector. We gather to see and witness St. Paul, who urges us to not experience that fullness of God's gift to you. You know, don't shortchange it. I urge you to, to continue. Don't get discouraged. Open your hearts wide. St. John Paul would say, open the doors of your heart wide, not just a little bit. Speaking to young people, don't be afraid to follow him. Don't be afraid that he looks upon you with mercy and wants to give you extraordinary things. Don't be afraid because he'll take you where you will not even imagine into the realms, not only on a physical, geographical level, but then take you to the geography of grace, geography of, of communion. And this is what the Lord wishes for all of us. So may, may we then, as we continue the sacred liturgy on the Feast of St. Matthew, may we ask St. Matthew to pray for us that we may come to know his kingdom more and more, the kingdom that is and has been initiated with Jesus. Embracing him, we embrace his kingdom. Embracing him, we embrace the Father's love. Embracing him, we embrace the future glory and happiness for each one of us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.